Hello and welcome back to Fireside. So today I'm going to start us off with reading out the question that has inspired this episode. Um, So it's from Katie and she said that she would love (laughs) to hear more about how to run a business as an artist who has a lot of different styles and interests. For example, I love painting and call myself a mixed media collage painter, but I also like to dabble with different styles. Aside from painting, I have a zine subscription and make hand-painted wood-bead jewellery. I also am trying to amp up my creativity coaching business, record meditations on Insight Timer and build my following on YouTube, taking a break from Instagram. I think everything kind of works together in an ecosystem and has a common theme, but sometimes I'm not sure what to focus on, who I am speaking to, etc. It feels like I'm spread out quite a bit without one core offering or consistent clients. In short, how does a multi-passionate creative thrive and make clear what we do and who we help? So when I was going through the submissions that I got from the newsletter list um, a few weeks ago, I was gave each one a kind of theme or a just, you know, a couple of words that summed up what the question was really about and therefore what the episode would be about. And for this one, I wrote down Renaissance women. Now, this is something that it's not really been a kind of constant in the front of my mind sort of thing, but it's been on the peripheries for years and years and years as something that I'm always really drawn to and that sometimes I'll remember it and I'll think, oh yeah, I am really drawn to that. So what I mean by that is you you most often hear the term Renaissance man, um, which refers to people like Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo, who were very multi-passionate creatives, as we'd call them now. You know, they were into science, they were into art, they were into engineering, they were into inventing. They were into all these completely different things, but all sort of wrapped up in this real curiosity and desire for learning. And that term Renaissance man has kind of become a catch-all for what we would also call multi-passionate. And like I said, it's something that I really always find myself drawn to. And at the moment, I'm also very into (laughs) William Morris. Um, I now live not too far from his country home at Kelmscott. um, And I always find that a very inspiring place to be. And I'm now listening to an audio book, which I believe is called How We Could Live but I'll put it in the show notes just in case that's not what it's called. Um, But I I think the reason I feel so drawn to kind of listening and reading about his life and career is because it's, again, a very Renaissance man kind of career. He 
chopped and changed what he did all the time. It was poetry, then it was architecture, then it was art, and then it was back to poetry, and then it was mural painting, and then it was design, and then it was fiction writing, and then it was pr- uh, having a printing house. Like he did all these different things and just flowed very naturally from one to the other. And now we look back at it and we think, what an extraordinary person. Whereas we look at ourselves with all these different things we want to be doing and we think, what a disorganised person. So I just want to make that distinction of actually sometimes it can be useful to look at other people who are doing lots of different things and how we think differently about them than we think about ourselves doing lots of different things what is also over this is a real side note but over the course of listening to this audiobook the thing that is really striking home to me is just how much creation got done when people didn't have phones (laughs) which I know is a really bad thing and I'm not saying that um, social media and phone use precludes creativity it is also the source of a lot of creativity but I really did think like well yeah they really had nothing to do but read and draw and so that's why they did so much reading and drawing and why I don't. Um, So that's definitely making me think about my own practice and if I want to be doing all the things I want to do I have to do them and maybe live a little bit like a Victorian in order to do that. But anyway that was my little side note. So that's where I want to start, is really thinking about who we can be as Renaissance women. And maybe that's a nice way to reframe it. Um, Rather than being, I don't know, I find the term multi-passionate creative, like, quite soulless, (laughs) in a way. Like, it's a very sort of jargony way of describing it. Whereas, I quite like the idea of being a renaissance woman. That gives me something to really kind of hold on to and get my teeth into and be like, yeah, I'm, I've got all these different things that I want to be doing because I'm just so interested in the world, interested in work and channeling with much more intention that way of doing things. That it's not that I'm multi-passionate because I've got a lot of things I like to do and I can't choose what I want to do. It's, no, I'm a renaissance woman, or woman, and it is my being, it is my essence, to try lots of different things. So I think it's interesting, because what I jotted down before recording this, was that past me would have suggested niching down. Maybe that's unfair to pass to me, but I, I, I have to admit that I think that would have happened. I think past me would have said, you've got an awful lot going on. Your energy is being pulled in lots of different ways. It's going to be hard for people to make sense of what you do. So find, not find the things, but just find the things that are most important that tie around a kind of core why. That's what I would have suggested. Now me (laughs) says, if it's not a problem, don't make it a problem. 
I think that there is a lot of this is the way that you succeed in online business and you have a signature offering and then two little things in your shop and everybody knows what you're doing and it all makes sense and we all are here in our identikit businesses um, that all look the same. And actually, sometimes that can be really helpful if you feel chaotic, if you feel like I don't know what weighs up, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm being pulled in all these directions, I feel like I'm doing nothing well, then in that case, it is a problem. And in that case, you probably need to refine things down and follow through on a few things because it's not working. But from Katie's comment, it doesn't sound like it's not working. She's not complaining about being spread too thin or I don't have enough energy or I feel like I'm out of control. It just feels like I'm not sure. I'm conscious of being spread out and I want it to make sense and I want it to be clear. That's a very different problem. That's not a problem with the amount that she's doing. It's not a problem with all the different things and how different they are. It's a problem with the way it's framed and the way it's presented, which is an infinitely better problem to have. So I think that what's important is that we have to work. Excuse me. We have to work how we naturally work and not try to squeeze ourselves into that kind of, this is my niche, this is my signature offering, if that isn't what works for you. Because actually what then happens is a huge portion of your energy gets spent trying to fit yourself into that box rather than doing your work. It's like every day you come to your desk or you come to your studio and before you actually get to the work, you have to transform yourself into something you're not really and then do the work. So if you do find yourself very naturally wanting to add all the things, really needing that kind of variety to fill up your creative cup, So it's like doing the painting fills the cup and then you get tired of the painting. So then you can switch over to the would-be jewellery and then that fills your cup up again for the other stuff. I definitely think that's something that's happened to me in that I very much used to believe that I kind of had to be all or nothing. And I think a lot of my business problems over the last couple of years was this kind of battle for the heart of my business where I was kind of feeling very resistant against being the marketing person and that 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 wasn't like a hat that was fitting well with me and I I really therefore overcorrected and wanted to be the person who wrote about life and all this stuff and and the way I thought about it in my head was stuff that you would read in a magazine. That was the kind of stuff I wanted to be writing. And actually, it was even this year, I really thought those, I if I was going to do them, I had, they had to be completely separate. And actually, if I'm a Renaissance woman about this, they both fit. 
So that's how my Substack started. That I was going to be like, well, that's the place where I do the more kind of expansive general writing, like lifestyle writing things. And then over on my website and my blog is where I talk about creative practice, creative work. And on the podcast, there's a bit more marketing involved, but it's all that kind of stuff happens on that site. And that has just really freed things up for me in a way that I really hadn't expected, where the battle is sort of over. There's no longer these two different kind of parts of myself trying to take control because they both have an outlet and writing, doing, when I do a lot of writing for Substack, that quite often generates a lot of ideas for things like the podcast, things like my blog, because I'm doing a lot of creative work. So I've got a lot of things to say about creative work and also vice versa. So it doesn't have to be a problem when you've got all these different things, if you actually start to take note of how they complement and help each other along. But going back to what is the actual problem? So like Katie says, how do I make it clear what I do and who I help? I think what I've just said about the Substack thing is kind of an example of how that works. So I am super clear about what the Substack is, what it does and how it differs from the writing I do on my blog for my business. And it's almost kind of like the difference between content and writing. Even though they look and feel and sound the same, they've got different purposes. So the stuff here on the podcast, the stuff on the blog is content marketing and it's a very creative style of content marketing but it is, that's what I'm doing it for. Whereas the things on Substack is um, just creative nonfiction for the sake of it, for entertainment. Um, so that's where I can hold that distinction in my own mind. And I'm pretty sure in the about page on my Substack, it does also make that distinction crystal clear, like it spells it out, but also the work just says it in and of itself. Because it comes from that intention, it enacts it. So I think it's quite easy for people to self-select between the kind of content or the kind of writing they want to be reading because each side is just full of what they're, what it's supposed to be. So in terms of having all the different things, I think it's very interesting with Katie's is that they're, that she's kind of putting it all in the same basket, whereas there are things that she could pull out. Like YouTube, for example, is, is part of her creative practice, but it's for marketing, I assume. Um, it's, and like her creative coaching business is, again, part of her creative practice but it has a different intention with it um whereas things like the painting is as although it is i assume for a commercial aspect it has a very different kind of experimental kind of vibe to it so once you can sort of see how all these things are part of a whole but are different within it 
that helps it start to make sense to you. And then you can start to present it in ways that means it will make sense to others. I also think with this that signposting is very useful, um, especially on your kind of socials and your emails and crucially on your website is really you have to spell it out to people like you really do because our nobody's got an attention span nobody's going to figure things out so to say if you are x go here if you are y go here that can really help people to self-select and sort things out um and just being having that real intention and knowing you knowing what it is means you can tell people what it is and once you've kind of got clear with it for yourself that will become so much easier and the who we help thing is really the thing that underpins all of this because most of the stuff you've done you've done for a person whether you did that super consciously and made a customer persona or not you did it with someone in mind that someone might have been you six months ago but you still did it with someone in mind so really just reconnecting with that making it conscious if it was unconscious before you can start to see the different um the different kind of customers and the people that you are wanting to help very often what you'll find is a lot of your offers will be Uh, directed towards the same person but just at different stages in their journey which is absolutely fine makes things a lot easier Um, or you might have some completely different customers in which case you might decide to separate some things out have different websites or different um, social profiles for them or you might just have to be a little bit clever with your kind of segmenting in your newsletters and things like that But again, I think when things are very different, it can be quite easy and you have to be able to trust people. I think this is what we don't do. We think we have to really like handhold people through our marketing and through our business. Whereas actually, if somebody is here because they like your would-be jewellery, they can say, oh, I'm not really interested in the scene but I'm not going to like unfollow because I am still interested in the would-be jewellery. I just know that post, that email isn't for me and I'll just skip it and I'll read the next one. Like that's what we all do, right? When we receive emails and when we see things from people, we know the things that aren't really for us, but that doesn't make us think that whole person isn't for us. So I think we have to trust those people and just keep it keep it very much at that level of this is my creativity this is my practice this is what I'm doing it for this is and keep it like super energetic super curious because having the I don't want to say the word chaotic I say chaotic in a good way like you may have heard in the last episode when I read the blog post I need to be more chaotic um that actually that's something that I'm super embracing and that I find it to be quite invigorating this idea of like yep I'm chaos what does that what can I make <laughs> from that so um 
I think we don't need to be apologetic for that and that it can really be something that creates a lot of energy around our work that people can really, really respond to. So I think that's all all the things I had to say that I just blurted out. Um, But for me, certainly, this idea of being a Renaissance woman and you know, I'm really grateful actually to Katie for asking the question and, and kind of sparking that thought because it's now, it's really starting to open things up for me a bit more where I'm like, what else could I write? Why not? Let's take a punt because nothing has to define who I am and what my business is. You know, let me try this. Let me try that. And because that's what, my business is it isn't this one thing it's all these different interests that are joined together by one core purpose if you like which is making a work that's worth living so yeah as I said that's it for today um and I think as I keep saying this is like for the today and then I think of something else to say but I certainly feel that having this idea of being a creative uh, a renaissance woman being multi-passionate having all these different strands is also what's really helped me to come back to my one-to-one work so that's something that I stopped doing a long time ago because I thought that I didn't want that to be what I did Whereas actually now that I can think of it as a string on a harp and a part of that melody of my work and an important part but not the whole, it feels so much more exciting. I'm so much more kind of peaceful and easeful with it and can hold it really lightly, which is a really nice place to be. So if... um, that's something that interests you if you've maybe been following my work for a long time and kind of been annoyed that I don't have one-to-one on offer or you are new and you're just interested in the sort of things that I'm doing you can find out more about that at simpleandseason.com forward slash creative business support um it's also just on my offerings page which is probably easier to navigate to um but yeah it'd be super cool if you could check that out and if you're interested just drop me an email and we can see what would work um but yes this really is it for today now and I will see you again next week